Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast and YouTube channel. I am Matt. I'm here today with Aiden, and there's not much going on in terms of 49er news, but we're going to talk about Trey Lance a little bit. Haven't talked about him in quite some time. Um, then we're going to talk about the 49ers signing Tony Jefferson, and we're going to go back into the, the Julio Jones news and talk about maybe why the Niners didn't pursue him because that was reported. And then finally, we're going to recap the episode just talking about the rookie numbers and and what numbers they the rookies chose. Um, some of them are nice. Some of them uh, little questionable decisions. But let's start with Trey Lance. For this topic, I, I want to talk about Trey Lance and what I think is his most underrated trait. I brought this up to you, Aiden, before we started recording. You liked it. You thought it was a good thing to bring up. And basically what I, I what my statement is, is Trey Lance's most underrated trait is just his ability and consistency to check the ball down. And it sounds kind of weird. Probably one of the easiest passes in the game. It's on pure farm if you're just checking the ball down to your running back. But when you kind of look at who, what kind of quarterbacks consistently check the ball down well, it's top-end guys. There's a reason why Jameis Winston throws so many interceptions because he doesn't check the ball down. I believe there was a quarterback coach on record that said, like, yeah, if Jameis knew how to check the ball down, you know, he'd be an all-pro or something like that. And, and it just, just, I mean, I know it's kind of a, you know, a very, very bold statement to say something like that, but I think that it needs to be noticed how important it is to consistently check the ball down. Everyone realizes Trey Lance has the elite tools, but you know people talk about how he hasn't hasn't thrown any interceptions. Well, a lot of that is because he has that consistency to go through his progressions, and if nothing's there, he just goes running back, checks it down really quick. That's something that Jimmy has struggled with in the past, and like I said, many other quarterbacks have struggled with. I think it's a really underrated attribute to a lot of these quarterbacks' game because instead of getting sacked or losing yards or doing whatever, you're just consistently picking up a couple yards and with some of the guys that the Niners have that are going to be around the line of scrimmage, I think it's a huge deal. So, Aiden, what's just your thought on me bringing up this checking down trade as something that's really underrated? Uh, I think that's a great point. Um, it, it's something like that that you mentioned that the great quarterbacks do, um, taking what the defense gives you and really helps you move the chains. I have a different underrated trait, but it definitely goes along with, with what you said, his ability to not take sacks. So in 15 games, in his one full season as a starter, he took 12 sacks. Think about that for a second. For a guy who runs the ball a ton, who for a lot for a, a large portion of his college career was the best athlete on the field, to be able to run around and not take sacks and be able to check the ball down I think that's something where both of those factors come together almost. And you can see how because he's able to check down, he doesn't take as many sacks. And because he doesn't take sacks, he's able to check down there. There are things that, that fit really well together. Um, but I think that that's something that's super important, given that we have the yak bros um, and people who can make plays after the catch if the catch is either behind the line of scrimmage, as, as, as we saw last year. Hopefully we see a little bit less of that, but something that I think brings a new dimension to this offense um, and something that's super exciting. Yeah, 100%. And you look back at, against the to the Debo Samuel against the Rams game, I want to say he caught the ball like an average of like two yards down the field. It was something like super low still was able to put up like, I think 130 yards. So, you know, catching the ball on the scrimmage, I think we're going to still see that. I think when, whenever Lance does start, I think it's going to be a lot more of 
stuff right around the line of scrimmage and deep shots down the field, opposed to this intermediate, you know, short pat like shorter passing game that you've seen with Jimmy. I think it's going to be a lot more of like short play, short play, short play, big play to kind of take the top off the defense. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, I think bringing up the sacks is a great point to to kind of talk about because that 100% goes hand in hand, where if you're checking the ball down, you're not going to take those sacks. That's what's made Tom Brady's career. It's, it's one of the biggest reasons Tom Brady's had so much success. That's why there's always a James White, a Rex Burkhead. Um, I mean, a, a number of guys. I think this year Tom Brady has G- Giovanni Bernard. They bring in him in there just because last year they kind of used Leonard Fournette as their passing back, which was a little bit weird, I think, for Tom. Um, but now, you know, another scat back there. So having all these scat backs, I, I think that that's helped Tom so much just checking the ball down. And the 49ers don't exactly have guys to that level. But I think we're going to see Sermon come out of the backfield, catch passes. Elijah Mitchell, same thing goes for him. Um, Raheem Mostert had talked about before last year um, that he was kind of hoping to to take a, on a larger role in that aspect. Uh, so maybe him as well. So I, But I just felt like it was something that really needed to bring up because Yes, he naturally goes through his progressions and goes like through everything quick, but no one brings up like, okay, he will consistently check the ball down if nothing's there, and he gets it out so quick. He's he's not a lot getting sacked as much, you know. He's not having these negative plays, and he's always going to pick up you know a couple yards here and there. And even if he doesn't, I mean, that's kind of on on his guys that he's checking the ball down to to not make a guy miss. But with what the 49ers want to do, I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think maybe that means you're going to see Debo around the line of scrimmage a little bit more. Though I think last year he was he was definitely hampered by that hamstring injury where he doesn't have that explosiveness. He doesn't have that second gear, but that's why they hadn't had him around, around, the, around the line of scrimmage more. So I, I just think that's a, it's a really big thing to bring up. Um, and one of the things that Lance might struggle with a little bit early on is just adjusting to the speed of the NFL. That might be why he doesn't start right away. But just his natural ability to look through everything, go through his progressions, I think that's going to make a huge difference. In, in his timetable, because I've heard some people say that they think he's going to be a two- to four-year project. If you're able to just get the ball out really quick, you're not going to be a two- to four-year project. That's that's just how it is, in my opinion. Um, but anything else you wanted to add before we kind of move on, Aiden? Uh, it was actually 16 games and not 15. And something that I that I didn't know, Matt, do you know who, who he played in the D1AA uh, National Championship game? Ben DiNucci. He beat Ben DiNucci in the national championship game. You know that this guy is going to be ready to play. Uh, two to four year project. No way. This guy should start week one. If he's able to beat Ben DiNucci, come on. <laughs> well, well, not to mention, ben, ben DiNucci's already started a primetime NFL That's game. That's what so. I'm saying. <laughs> if, if, if Ben's ready, I think Trey, and I think that people, four year project, can you imagine? Can you imagine we're we're, we're we're three years down the road and Kyle's like Trey's just not quite ready yet. People, well, look at people, look at Jordan Love. People are freaking oh, out over Jordan Love right now. We're we're in year two, and that's Rogers coming off an MVP season. Jimmy love Jimmy probably isn't going to give us prime Aaron Rodgers seasons. So if if Jimmy continues on his twenty five touchdowns, 10, 10 picks, solid solid starter. But Trey cannot get on the field in, we'll say, three years. I think we're going to have some major question marks, and that could be looked at as a horrible pick. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, same here. No, that's just – that would be really something if you take a guy three overall and he sits for two to four years 
and I and I've said before, I think it's about a year. I I think he could easily come into this season. I don't think he's going to start right away, but I would probably expect Jimmy to be expected to start all year. Um, and I know a lot of people don't aren't, aren't with me on that. That's that's totally fine. I, I understand the eagerness to start Trey Lance, and I will have no problem with starting Trey Lance. And and I think this is one of the reasons why because he's he's not going to force the ball. He's going to check it down. You're going to consistently move the ball. So for me, that's a huge deal. But I think it's going to do it for this little un- underrated trait segment for Trey Lance. Moving on, the 49ers just signed Tony Jefferson, who has had been in the league for a couple teams. He was a Raven, and before that he was a Cardinal. Um, definitely remember him playing against the Niners about six years ago. But it seemed like he was a rumor to land in San Francisco for like months. <laughs> it feels like that's been since you know March of free agency. Uh, he's known as being an amazing teammate. I wrote down astonishing teammate. Aiden, you're a fan of that that term. But I think he's going to be the first safety off the bench. He's been mostly a box safety, and that's I would expect him to be more pushing Marcel Harris for that roster spot. But he's fully capable of coming in and playing the single high safety. He did that in his last year in Baltimore a little bit. Um, but he hasn't played since 2019. He got He tore his knee in 2019. Then he opted out last season. So he played five games in 2019. That's where he's last at. So hasn't played a lot of football recently. But I think he's a guy that, while a lot of June signings don't make the roster, I think he's definitely a guy that could make the roster. But what do you think, Aiden? you think he makes the roster? Or do you think Marcel Harris and Tarverius Moore kind of push him out of that spot? Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I think he's a guy who could make the roster. We've signed a couple of veteran safeties. I forget the other safety that 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 we signed, who's in a similar mold to that. Um, I want to say a former Cardinal. Savon Wilson. Well. Yes, I think that they're kind of in the same boat. Um, Jefferson might be a little bit more talented. He's been in the league a little bit longer, if I'm not mistaken. But Jefferson's a guy who has played for. I think he's still 29, but he's played in the league for six or seven years, started for most of those. He's a guy I could definitely see make the roster, given how nervous every 49er fan is when Marshall Harris is on the field. And he's in a contract year as as well, so it's not like you're sacrificing cap flexibility down down the road. He's a guy I definitely could see make the roster. I would say Marshall Harris is on the, the block more than Tavares Morris. That's something that you mentioned before the podcast, which I think is actually pretty interesting, given something's got to be going on at, at practice or in, in something because we do not see Tarverius more on the field enough to justify his, I guess, standing on, on the roster. He must be a special teams beast. But like, like you said, a lot of June signings don't, don't make the roster. This is a guy who definitely could. Yeah. And going back to Tarverius more, I was kind of thinking, is he a guy that could potentially get cut? Because not, not to question his talent. He's a very talented player, but, You've heard some stuff about some of the pursuit angles he's taken in the run game, um, some of the blown coverages he had in the Bills game, and it's just been some questions. He's been on the team long enough where those type of mental mistakes can't really exist, especially when you're the single high safety. I like You can't have mental errors. That's why Jimmy Ward is such a big deal back there because yeah, Jimmy Ward might not make a ton of, you know, might not get, get a ton of interceptions, but he's a very smart player and he's going to play sound, sound, he's going to be a sound defensive back in that single high scheme. So I think for him, I, I think it it's tough to kind of project what he's going to look like. I think for both him and Marcel Harris, Marcel Harris has definitely had some 
some questionable coverage plays in his past. Uh, namely, you got to go back in 2019 to that Saints game where he was just getting cooked by uh, Jared Cook, I think it was mostly. But Marcel Harris last year got a ton of praise in training camp of coming back looking a lot better in coverage. Maybe he takes another step this year, and you kind of see him maybe turn into a full-time safety. So I think, if anything, I think it's good competition. And like I said, Tony Jefferson's a guy that's going to welcome that competition. Going to be a really good locker room guy for a, lo- a young secondary. Uh, you talk about Lenore and Thomas. So those two guys in the secondary, I think that helps them a little bit. Uh, Hufanga as well. Maybe you know it helps him mold into a safety opposed to a linebacker. We talked about that. We don't really know where he's going to play yet. But overall, I think this signing of Tony Jefferson is a really positive thing. Not going to be a big headline or anything like that, especially since he hasn't played in a while. But I do like the signing. I think it's I think it's another good move by John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to just get a high quality person in, in the in the organization and hopefully you know bring some more competition because you want a lot of competition in training camp. And I, I think the 49ers are trying to build a really really strong roster. You've seen them stack up on a lot of veteran players. They, they really are going all in in the next few years, which even if Lance doesn't start as a rookie or even if he does, I don't think that really matters. I think they're trying to win this year, whether it's Jimmy or Lance. But in the next few years after that, they're going to try to really win during Trey Lance's rookie contract. So I like all this veteran, stacking all these veteran players. And maybe Tony Jefferson is just on this team for training camp or even just this season. But I think that mindset that he's going to bring to these young guys in the secondary is, is similar to what Richard Sherman does. Maybe not the extent we know how great of an on-field coach Richard Sherman is, but we don't really know if he's coming back. Maybe, maybe that'll be our, our next episode, talking about Richard Sherman being back, uh, just stacking up the the veteran DBs. But I, I think overall it's a, a very good move. But anything else you wanted to add, Eden? No, I think you you hit it on, on the head. Um, a guy who is only going to make this team better, um, even if he doesn't stick around long-term. But I think good signing and something that people maybe aren't realizing it's as important as it is. All right, so let's move on to the final topic outside of the rookie numbers. So the 49ers reportedly have did not pursue Julio Jones. Now, maybe this is true. Maybe it's not. Maybe they did offer something. Because what it really seemed like is that the Falcons had no interest in trading him into the NFC, which completely understand. I don't. I wouldn't want to play against Julio Jones either. Um, we've seen what happened last time that happened to the Niners. Uh, Julio decided to go off, catch a game-winning touchdown in Levi's. So, a uh, very very special player gets traded to the Titans. Also, side note, Aiden, I just want to know what are your thoughts on him and to the Titans, real quick before we kind of get into the Niners stuff. I personally think it's an awesome just trio of weapons i think that's probably the most badass trio of weapons but do you do you like that combo there in tennessee oh i think it's an awesome combo uh i mean i feel like this is put up or shut up time for ryan Tannehill, though um if, if he's not able to lead him to really at least the afc championship game um or maybe their their defense falls apart but if if that offense is not humming that's on him I was a little sad. I was. I really wanted AJ Brown in fantasy, and this hurts his fantasy value a little bit. But I mean, love it for for Titans fans. One of my good friends is a Titan fan. Yes, they do exist. I was also very surprised. But I mean, I, I'm mainly just glad that he's not in the NFC West. To echo Kyle, I, I feel like every star player goes to the NFC West. So it was it was nice to keep somebody in the AFC. 
yeah, after an offseason, we're just guy after guy after guy keeps signing in the NFC West. Uh, definitely a big deal uh, to not have him land there. Second and fourth for Julio in a six was, was the value. I think that makes sense. I think the Niners would have paid that. I really do think they would have paid that. Now, the issue was always going to be Julio's salary. And I think the Falcons only took on $7.5 million in dead money. I'm pretty sure that's the number. I think that the Titans are paying him like 14 this year and then like the rest of his contract after this year. So they're taking on most of his deal, which for the Titans, I think it makes sense. You add that wide receiver. That, that wasn't their wide receiver too. You have Julio Jones. I mean, I, I still think Julio will be the wide receiver one, but you have a one-two punch of Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and your running back, Derrick Henry. That's awesome. A lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill though, so we'll see how he kind of performs there. Always been a pretty big Tannehill guy, so I mean, this is this is the time where he has everything around him. So it's really time to see if he takes off. But for the Niners, they still needed to pay Fred. They still need to pay Bosa. And I, I think that's what it's really coming down to is they want to save the money for some of these guys. Maybe they push the offense a little bit more. Maybe they go after another wide receiver, say, during the trade deadline this year or the next year's offseason. Um, maybe that's something they do where – they're kind of just waiting to get a guy to, to piece with Lance as well to to add to those that arsenal of that receiving arsenal of Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo. Maybe they're trying to bring another guy on. Maybe they think they really have something special out of Hurd or Richie James. I, I I don't think that's the case. I don't believe that's what what Kyle thinks either. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm super excited to see Jalen Hurd again this year. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see him this year. But I I do think that I would have been happy with him trading for Julio. It makes sense why they didn't. Uh, he's going to cost a pretty penny in terms of how much, how big of a cap hit he has. But I, I think it. I think that I don't know if they didn't pursue him, but I don't think the talks would have ever gone anywhere because I, I don't think he had a chance to get traded to the NFC. So that's where I'm kind of at on it. Yeah, um, I just pulled up his his contract. Uh, you are really in this guy, huh? I guess with this trade, they got a potential out in 2022. The, the Titans did looks like they have an out after this next year where they only take on 2 million in dead cap, but you're not going to cut a guy like Julio Jones after one year. And the Falcons really, really needed that, that money. I don't think they had enough money to sign their, their draft class. Um, and they, and they drafted Kyle Pitts, who is going to end up being their, Maybe number two option because Ridley's super good. Ridley's gonna have an awesome fantasy year, I think. I think he's he and AJ Brown have switched in in my mind, which is super exciting. But I think you hit it on on the head, Matt. Um, still need to pay guys like Fred and and Bosa, and that should happen sooner rather than later, so that you can take advantage of um, Lance's rookie contract. Um, but yeah, I mean. Obviously, would have loved to see Julio in the red and gold, but I don't think it made sense money-wise or even timeline-wise. Good news for for Titans fans. I'm glad. I mean, we are playing him this year, but glad we're not playing him every year, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, and happy, and like you said, happy is not in the NFC West because <laughs> Julio Julio's a stone cold killer. I think Julio is one of the sweetest receivers in the league. I've sat to that on the pod. I I love Julio, so I'm happy he's in Tennessee. I feel like that's the the team in the AFC that I'm probably going to be pulling for the most just because big A.J. Brown fan, big Julio fan, and big Derrick Henry fan. So that that those weapons on that team are really sweet. Now, the Titans are going to have a lot of pressure. I mentioned Montano, but the whole Titans team is going to have a ton of pressure. So 
even though I really am rooting for them, I think they could be a team that disappoints a little bit. Their defensive personnel has kind of fallen off a little bit in the past couple of years. We'll see how they bounce back. Pretty good organization there. Um, but I'll be pulling for Julio in Tennessee. I think that's a really good spot for him. Um, and though I, I would have loved to see the Niners go after him, totally understand what it's about. Um, and I'm a big paying Fred Warner guy. So if that's the difference, you don't make that move in my opinion, which I don't know if that's why I, I think you can always find a way to make the money work, but maybe it's something where it's just, they don't feel like the risk reward is worth it. And like I said, I don't even think it matters because I think he was never going to get traded to the NFC in the first place, but I think it's going to do it for the Julio Jones part. So to wrap it up, we'll talk about these rookie numbers real quick and I'll just go through last names and numbers right now. Lance is five. Banks is 65, Sermon is 28, Thomas is 20, took Ward's number, Ward is going to be 1, Hufanga is 29, Tart's number, Tart is now going to be 26, Lenore is 38, Moore 76, and Mitchell is 49. So we know about this. What's your number? Is that going to affect your play? Are you going to, are you going to, if you're wearing a scrub number, does that mean you're a scrub? Uh, I don't know if you, if anyone's listening, ever seen some, there's some NFL draft podcasts that do that after the draft, which I love. I think it's hilarious that they just go through their favorite guys that pick bad numbers and are just like, why would you pick, you know, 48? Why would you ever pick this number as a linebacker and, and go through and, and freak out and overreact to the numbers, which I love. But what are your favorite number to name pairings here, Aiden? Uh, loving, I mean, Lance wore five in, in, in college. So we were expecting that. I like 28 on Sermon and 20 on Thomas. Hufunga in 29, I also like, and the lineman numbers, shout out to my lineman, but I'm really not as excited about the lineman numbers as I am about the skill guys, but Mitchell and Lenore, what are you guys doing? 38 as a corner is kind of crusty, and 49 as a running back. I get to wear the 49ers, but are you Bruce Miller? No. Do you play fullback? No. Maybe he's going to be sick and make 49 look look awesome. I guess it's hard for me to say because we haven't had a super successful number 49 in a little while. But when I first saw that, I was like, dude, just like 41 is better. I mean, you could be like a J.D. McKissick or something like that. Um, or 42, you, you see some running backs wear that, but 49, maybe it's because we're the 49ers, but definitely an interesting choice to put it very correct, very politically correct, I guess. Yeah. And, and Mitchell's a weird one because 21's available. You, you brought up Frank, it's Frank Gore's number. It's, he's, he's on the way, but I don't know. I mean, I think that for Mitchell, if you're if you're not like a fullback, I feel like you don't pick 40, 49. <laughs> I feel like 21 is a, a better number for him. But hopefully he tears, up, tears it up in number 49. Uh, Lenore at 38, like you said, very strange number. I will shout out Aaron Banks for 65. Love that number for you know the big guard. Uh, Lance at five. I'm all about quarterbacks wearing obscure numbers. I think five is a great one. I, I don't think... I think there's like a handful of players at quarterback that have worn number five. So that's pretty cool. Um, hopefully Lance is, is known as being that, that number five on a quarterback for his Jersey number. That would be, that'd be some cool. So hopefully, you know, he, he brings a legacy with that number or that hopefully that ends up happening. Um, Thomas 20. I, I think all the other ones are pretty routine. I think Hufanga at 29 is pretty cool. We'll see him flying around a lot on special teams this year. So uh, 
like the numbers there, but I, I think that'll probably do it. Just kind of wanted to go over them really quick because it is fun to look at these guys and, and see who what number they're going to be wearing. But I think overall for the whole episode, I think that's going to wrap it up. Um, if this is your first time checking us out, make sure to sub. Um, also, it's part of Undrafted Sports Network. Um, make sure to check that website out. Uh, we're having a lot of NBA articles out right now. Some different stuff uh, is going to start coming out in the Olympics. So make sure to check that out. Also, we are looking for sports writers right now. So if you're interested, you can email me at the email below. I'll put it in the description. But I think that's going to do it for today's episode. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you guys soon.